Welcome to LifeWords Q&A with Andrew Morris, David Ray. David's here to answer your questions. It's a weekly discussion on life and faith. And uh, over the, I guess, the last year that we've been doing this, many, many questions have been uh, asked and many questions answered to some degree, David. Um, And today on the program, we're looking at Jesus said that uh, we'll always have the poor with us. Does this lead to Christian neglect of the poor? We'll look at the issue of animals and souls. But first, David, I've been told if I had more faith, my prayers would be answered. Is this true? Uh, One word answer, no, (laughs) which is uh, fairly straightforward, isn't it? No, look, I I think that's very dangerous to be told that. Uh, Of course, faith is needed for prayer, but any prayer is an expression of faith. Every time I pray to God, I'm expressing some sort of faith. Might be a little bit of faith, might be a lot of faith. Remember when the disciples were asking Jesus how much faith they had to have and increase our faith? We've got to have more faith. Jesus more or less said, wrong question, because he said, if you've got faith as much as a mustard seed, which is tiny, um, you that's faith enough. So in other words, Jesus is saying, don't measure faith by in terms of its quantity. Um, because you see, if you're always trying to get more faith, it can lead to guilt and paralysis and futile attempts to get more faith. You're not even bothered to pray to God until you get more faith and more faith. But I've got to put to you, how much faith is enough faith? I mean, uh, how much faith is, is God sort of using some sort of measuring instrument up there in heaven saying, oh, no, sorry, haven't got enough faith. Go, 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 go back to the start and try again. No, look, I don't think that's um, the case at all. Um, you do have faith, yes, but I think it's faith that's enough to drive you to express your dependence on him. Uh, it's very much like the epileptic boy's father in the Gospel of Mark. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus didn't say, oh, sorry, your faith isn't strong enough. He actually healed um, the father's son. Um, by all means, grow in faith. Um, it's, it's, it's good to grow in your faith. But bring God the faith you've got and let him get to work on it rather than sort of try to psych yourself up to have more faith so that you can somehow rather get more of a guarantee of your uh, prayer being answered. So, so I don't think you have to have a massive amount of faith. You have, a, have to have enough faith to come to God, as it were, in prayer and let him get to work on your faith. And, 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 and as for this business that maybe my lack of faith may cause my prayers not to be answered, I think that's oversimplifying. Uh, there's many reasons why our prayers might not be answered, but please remember that Jesus didn't always get his prayers answered. In John chapter 17, he prayed that the church would be one and that we'd all get on absolutely famously so that people would see that he's the son of God. Well, that hasn't always happened. In Gethsemane, he said, may this cup pass from me. It didn't pass from him. He said to Peter uh, before the crucifixion, he said, Peter, I prayed that you would not succumb to temptation. He did. Now, no one can accuse Jesus of lacking faith. So it seems to me that there are examples from even the life of Jesus where prayer didn't get answered, and we can multiply those examples in our own lives where prayers are not being answered. And I don't think we can actually trace that back to lack of faith. All that does is to load another burden of guilt on us, to make prayer even more of a burden, and to put the emphasis on our faith rather than God's faithfulness. So what about the example of... um when you pray for healing or you pray for something, is it uh, right to say, okay, I've prayed for this, therefore I'll believe that God is answering that prayer and not to doubt? But do you, do you, do you know what I mean? There's that, that, that attitude that you should say, well, I've prayed that my cold will be healed, so therefore I, I go forward thinking, yes, God is answering my prayer, thank you. Do you know what I mean? And not slipping back, oh, I'm still sick. 
Yes, well, I think, uh, first of all, praying that God will relieve a cold. Usually he does in a couple of weeks, um, says he, who's got one at the moment. Yes. Uh, but, but no, I, I think you, you pray, you pray believing that God has answered, but I, I, I think it's a bit presumptuous to, to, to presume that God is going to answer in a particular way. You see, some people feel, oh, because I've prayed for A and I haven't got A, um, it's because I lack faith. But God might be saying, no, 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 you've prayed for A, but actually I'm going to give you B <laughs> or C or D or whatever it is because it's ultimately up to God to determine how he answers my prayer. So when, when you pray for healing, for example, I, I, I always believe that God is able to heal and do far more over and above what a doctor or a nurse or a pathologist or, or, or whoever would do. Um, yes, I, I, I believe all that. But having believed all that, um, sadly, sometimes people remain sick and sadly some people die we know that we can't mm. deny that yep. and i don't think that's due to a lack of human faith so much i think it's just due to this is the way things operate in a fallen world my point is again whether it's healing or praying for conversion of someone or anything else you bring to god the faith you have and like that epileptic boy's father you say god i'd love this particular physical condition to go i'd love this relationship to be restored oh god i haven't got a whole lot of faith i really haven't i'm struggling with faith, I'm struggling that that this can be even possible, but here it is, over to you, and I don't believe God's going to turn His back on you and despise you and say sorry. Come back again when you've got more faith. I think we come to God as we are, and in coming to God as we are, I believe that somehow strengthens our faith. You're listening to LifeWords Q and A with David Ray. Our second our second question, David, is: uh, Do animals have souls? Well, that very much depends on how we define soul. Um, there's different ways in which you define soul. Uh, if soul is simply a, being a living being or a self, which many people would argue it is, well, yes, of course an animal has a soul in the sense that an animal is a living being. It has a self. Um, although the Bible doesn't record God giving them this as he does with human beings. The Genesis account seems to differentiate between how God creates animals and how God creates human beings. Human beings seem to belong to that special category. Now, there are many who argue that soul is a separate dimension of our being, body, spirit, soul, and that sort of thing, and there's some debate about what that actually might mean. Um, and they would argue from Genesis, therefore, um, that God has God has given human beings a living made human beings living souls, but He hasn't said that about animals. So animals might not have that particular dimension because God has not given it to them. In other words, there's an argument to say that human beings have been created with the capacity to relate to God, but animals have not, and that may well be um, um, a sound argument. But look, I think there's a wider issue that might lie behind the question anyway. I mean, you know, that debate about the definition of soul is 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 uh, still open. But I, I think I'd want to say, even though that's there's some debate about the actual definition of soul, that animals certainly have value before God. I think if 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 someone were to simply say, "Oh, animals don't have souls," full stop, or animals don't have that capacity to relate to God, full stop, and that that may be the case, um, but that doesn't mean to say that we can neglect them, um, or that or we can mistreat them. We're to care for them, and and also I think it would seem logical that animals experience um, pain. Um, I, I, I'm not an animal expert at all, but 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 I would imagine that an animal would feel something. Animals mm. um, are not lacking sensations. I mean, and that, that those who own dogs would certainly be arguing they've got some sort of feelings and consciousness of relationship with other human beings. Even my little pet budgerie uh, has some consciousness of relating to me. So dogs even more so. Um, so I, 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 
I, I do think without having to fix a definition of soul, we can certainly argue that animals, while they're not humans, they're in a very different category, uh, they're not meant to be humans, they're not on the same level as humans, but to say they're not on the same level of humans does not deny them the capacity to feel and to relate to human beings and most certainly doesn't devalue them or make them of no worth and simply to be exploited. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A. If you'd like to subscribe to uh, this weekly discussion, you can definitely do it. Uh, iTunes is probably the best solution. You can uh, hop onto the iTunes store, search for LifeWords Q&A podcast, produced by Hope Media Limited, and subscribe uh, when you find it. And uh, you'll get each episode in your inbox, if you like, each week through the iTunes store. Otherwise, you can find us on the Hope website, hope 1032 com.au and david does have a, a daily devotional email that we send out and you can subscribe to that on the hope website as well david the final question is jesus said that we'll always have the poor with us doesn't this lead to christian neglect of the poor well sadly it's it has led to neglect um some christians seem to think that well uh, heaven is the ultimate reality, earth, well, it's passing away, and, well, God's ordained certain things. The old saying, the rich man at his castle, the poor man at his gate. This is the way things are. We can't really change that, but we'll, when we get to heaven, it'll be absolutely marvellous. Well, um, I actually think that's more of an Eastern religion concept than a Christian concept. It's a case of passively accepting the injustices and the inequalities of this world uh, because one day in the afterlife, everything will be better and all will be put right. But I don't think that's actually a Christian perspective. Jesus and the rest of the Bible make it clear that helping the poor is a basic duty. The book of James says um, true religion is um, helping the poor, helping the needy and so on. Uh, To neglect the poor is to take this particular one text, remove it from its context and so misunderstand it. And so some Christians sadly down through the ages have neglected the poor because of texts like that. But what they've done is what sadly we all do to do a degree. We take the Bible out of its proper context. Now, what was the context of this saying? Jesus did say, yes, you'll always have the poor with with you. But Jesus at this point is being blessed by a woman. Um, and, and, and some people were objecting when she was being lavish in her blessing of Jesus, um, that the money that was spent by her could be given to the poor. Now, of course, we may be sceptical whether the people who raised the objection there, and I thought one of, them, one of whom may well have been Judas, was really motivated to helping the poor in the first place. But Jesus is rebuking these people. And what he's really saying, I think, is listen, he's saying, look, he's, he's, not, he's not saying, don't worry about the poor, just give me more honour and glory. He's not saying that. He's saying, in a sense, he's saying, you'll always be able to help the poor. And by implication, you better do it because I've commanded you to do it, the parable of the Good Samaritan and so on and so on. I've commanded you to help the poor and you will always have the poor with you to be able to help. So you'll always be able to do that very vital duty. But because I'm just about to be crucified, there will only be this one chance to, as it were, anoint me before my death. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. There'll be plenty of opportunity to bless the poor and please do it. But there'll only be one opportunity to honour me in this particular way. So I don't think Jesus is saying, neglect the poor and just simply give me more honour and glory. He's saying, serve the poor, minister to the poor, love the poor, care for the poor, um, and you'll have plenty of opportunity to do that, and you better go ahead and do it. But just prior to my one and only unique crucifixion, this particular unique act done to me is a perfectly valid thing to do. In other words, at this particular unique time and place, this woman has done the right thing.
but it will be the right thing to care for the poor beyond that. It does show you the importance of um, getting, re- I guess, reading passages in the right context, doesn't it, David? I, I think I was just looking at, uh, at a bookshelf the other day, and Gordon Fee, I think it's Gordon Fee's written two books on how to interpret the Bible. How to read the Bible for all it's worth. Yes. Um, and there's, I think he's written a sequel to it as well. Very, very good book. And there's many books like it which um, um, urge you to read the Bible sensibly and intelligently. And by that I mean simply not that you have to be a great intellect, but understand that, it, that, that, that you can't just pluck a little Bible verse out of its context and universalize it. It was written as part of a letter, a gospel, a parable, a psalm, whatever it is. It was written in a particular context, in a particular culture, and we need to understand it very carefully. Someone once said the Bible is like a very, very powerful medicine. Used wisely, it'll do you a lot of good. Used unwisely, can do you a lot of harm. Thanks, David. You've been listening to LifeWords Q&A. You can enjoy... Many, many other episodes of uh, this podcast at hope1032.com.au or through the iTunes store. Till next time, we wish you well.